Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Aussies stand together, hit twice but still strong. The north coast of Australia was smashed twice by Mother Nature in conjunction with Hunter Valley Promos and Rotary Club Curry Curry. We're raising funds for the people of Lismore to make a difference. The unfiltered crew will be in the Hunter region Monday the 27th of June and selling T-shirts and having a coldie with you as well. At 9.30am, we'll be with the legends at Aussie Meats, Sandgate Road at Shortland, before hitting the road to the Horse and Jockey Hotel in Singleton for midday. After drooling over Aussie Meats two bones, might actually rip into one here for lunch for an hour. Reckon we'll be thirsty by about 3pm. Good timing for our appearance at the Chelmsford Hotel in Curry Curry for a beer and a bet. Then it's off to the Black Butt Hotel in New Lambton for another coldie with the legends there and some dinner. We're selling T-shirts to raise money for the Lismore flood victims. Come along, say g'day, and you could make a massive difference. Aussies stand together, hit twice, but still strong. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series, The Greg Bird Story. Part two. Enjoy. I used to do little things to try to test myself, to make myself, put myself in that state and do it in like, uh, used to do yoga, um, do yoga with metal, like heavy metal in my ears. Just little things to keep my calm, like while, while I'm in a, you know, I'm in a combat zone basically on a football field and you've got to play as hard as you can, but at the same time you've got to, Make sure you're making the right decisions, um, especially when you're leading the team. It is amazing how us spectators view the game and the players within. When our team, whoever that team was, was playing you and the Sharks or you and the Titans, we didn't like you. You, you were the, the poster boy of what we were playing against. You played for New South Wales or Australia and you were our favourite and our first bloke picked. All the changes is the jersey. You didn't change your style. Uh, I think that's actually a sign of respect from the rugby league community that you're our enemy this week, but if you're playing for the state or country, Birdie, come on in. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, early on in my career, I remember you know going to places like Parramatta and they're quite vocal crowds, South Sydney. Um, you, you play at these places like Art, which is a dead set go track. Yeah. Um, you go to these places and it'd be, it'd be pretty, like it'd be tough. It'd be tough. Like you, you cop abuse, you cop personal abuse. Yep. Um, it'd be, you know, there'd be people spitting over the fence and Jeez. things like this. This is things that I just didn't think happened in rugby, well, in professional rugby league in, in yeah. NRL. You know, you see it in the bush and things like that happen all the time. But yeah, they're, 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 quite hostile um, places and mm. before I was a New South Welshman I was enemy number one and then you get picked to New South Wales and got a couple of MOMs and people started liking me in Absolutely. the state so those places um, you know didn't weren't weren't so hostile they were quite a little you know yeah. sometimes they were um, but you know they were a little bit a little bit more uh, respectful because you know I was going out and representing them for the, with the Blues are you a mentally strong bloke? Uh, not so much on the field, off the field, because you had your, your off-field headlines. You were tested publicly too, and that's, that's part of being 
a sportsman, uh, an elite sportsman, you you end up living your life under the public spotlight. Are you a mentally strong bloke? Do you have to be to deal with that? Um, oh, I'll probably say no. I'm not made up. You know, like, it did hurt me. Um, you know, when you're reading headlines and things like this, and you know, I tried to be strong for my wife and mm. and. Um, to you know, try to tell her that it's not going to be this bad, or yeah. or my family or my friends, because you know, like I do have that that image of of yeah. being the tough guy. That was that was that. I, but you know, it did hurt. Um, there was a lot of dark days in football for me, um, and made I'm not being the victim. I, I brought a lot of a lot of them on. Yeah. I understand that. Um, and um. You know, there were some dark days. There were some tough times. And I tried to be strong as much as I could, but at the, at the end of the day, um, you know, when you're, you're sitting in prison cells and things like this yep. and thinking your life's going to be over, not just your mm. football career, and um, you gotta, you got to really, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and, um, and make some tough decisions on, on being a better person or, or not being around these sort of things. How do you go seeing the effect of the negativity and the, the, the focus on your family, especially the girls, whether it's your wife, your mum, your sisters, your cousins? Because most blokes develop a resilience and, and they're big and strong and ugly enough to look after themselves eventually. But I think we as blokes get particularly hurt and are particularly emotional when we see those that we love struggling with something that that involves us yeah yeah what's hard i've I've got two sisters and a quite emotional mum who's always been by my side through through my whole career um and they've never they've never wavered in their support of everything that Mm. i've done so uh, and they they are quite vocal as well um you know people are going to share their opinions of me when i've when i've been in strife and done something wrong and they've never and they always stand up, and it is hard to see them stand up because I'd rather them just just hold their tongue, yep. um, because I don't want them to be put in that position. But mm. yeah, it, it is a tough one. Um, my mum's been in quite a few, quite a few funny ones actually. Mm. Um, like Heart, another Like Heart story. She went there, and uh, I was copping abuse of all kinds um, from fans in the crowd, and um, she ended up getting a punch on. <laughs> In the, in the crowd with um, some some uh, West Tigers staff and um, in the play, in the actual family player section. So um, I remember I had to, the police come up to me after the guys I walked off the field. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I was like, "What have I done now?" <laughs> I just like just played a game of footy. Surely, surely you can't get, catch me on assault for tackling too hard. Yeah. Uh, they said, "No, no, you've um, you gave your tickets to your sister in the crowd, and um, she's been in a fight." I was like, no, "My sister's not here, mate. I can't help you there. You've got someone else." Yeah, I got to know it was someone for you. She had two kids, had two little kids with with her, and um, she was defending her kids, um, and. I thought, oh, it must be my mum. <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I think she's gone. And they said, we need to speak to her. I think she's gone. I knew she was outside the sheds. Yep. But um, I rang her and went and went, rang her and made said, sure you, you've right. made sure she's okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, she, she had to sort that out. But um, I remember I had to go straight into 
Um, it was a Sunday Arvo game. I had to go straight into an Anzac test preparation. So I was uh, shitting myself. It was going to be a little bit more media-driven, but yep. uh, thank God if I didn't have my name directly attached to it, so I uh, snuck, snuck under the uh, radar there. I always found you, and this is from day one until your last game, an absolute delight to deal with from a professional perspective. Uh, for interviews, you'd always shake my hand, give me a cuddle, a smile, a chat. We, uh, great relationship. But you had every right to hate the media in, in general. Yeah, I, they did, they did you, know, you know, tarnish me in a way that, you know, when I, well, I guess when I was playing football, it was a great thing. I didn't mind being the bad boy, as I told you before. Yeah. Um, it was an image that I, I sort of, uh, I sort of reveled in. Yep. But um, you know, off the field, I didn't see, sort of see myself as a bad boy. I didn't, I didn't see myself as a nasty person. Mm. I didn't see myself as a criminal. Agreed. Um, but that was the way that I was perceived, and uh, you know, it was tough to deal with at times. It was tough to, you know, put the footy hat on and. And the, you know, the Greg Bird, um, you know, just bloke. Uh, You know, this was before a time when I was married, most of them. And later on I was married. um, I think, God, I haven't really had many dramas since I was a father. So I don't want to have to (laughs) explain that. But, um, yeah, a lot of these things, uh, I didn't see myself um, as this person I was being portrayed and, um, but at the, at the same time, I had to be professional. Yep. And um, you know, when you when it's time to talk, it's time to talk. And mm-hmm. I understand people are just doing their jobs most of the time. Most of the I most. say that I say that most of the time. There yeah. are a lot of people out there that are, um, you know, loving their shock journalism and and trying to get a headline and trying to get first and trying to get absolutely um, trying to get clickbait and things like that. And getting um, worse, I, I reckon. And it is getting worse, but yeah. uh, at the same time, you just got to realise it's water off a duck's back and um, you know, what get, gets written. Um, you know, any publicity is good publicity. That is absolute bullshit. <laughs> I know that. Um, that. Early on, I was told that, but that is straight bullshit. Um, you got to, you got to, you know, just um, learn, learn to deal with it. Yeah. Um, try to, try to see yourself the way you see yourself, and surround yourself with good people who see you the same way. Hey legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we can cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Hey, uh, you mentioned uh, getting married. And I'm only going to bring up one story in this whole interview. But the day after the wedding, caught having a piss next to the cop car. That is all time. And out of all the yarns, it's going to be one you look back on eventually and have a big giggle about. Mate, I know. I, mate, I still have a laugh about it purely because it was ridiculous. Mm. Like, 
was it was going on it was it was uh, going on dusk. Like there was just a little little like a little bit of light. I was walked out of a pub um, to go home with my wife and bridal party back to the back to the house we were staying at. Uh, it was like six thirty, seven o'clock. And needed to go to the toilet because I'd been in the pub all afternoon yep. with with um, everyone that was at our wedding, sort of having a bit of a celebration, um, post wedding celebration, and um, needed to go. Had to pee. Our car was parked directly next to a, a cop car. I was pee- peeing down on the ground, and someone walking by decided to ring the police and said I was peeing on a cop car, which I, you know, avidly uh, disputed. But yep. um, it was. It was the image that I was standing on the bonnet, peeing on the window. Like that was that was that was the, the first story. That yeah, was the, that was the image that was put out yeah. there. That was the story that, that, that I guess people still to this day believe. But um, I had my wife and her sister and my best mate's wife sitting in the car right next to me. Yeah. It was not like I was making a scene. Yep. I just needed to go to the toilet. Yep. Um, so yeah, it is. Uh, it cost me cost me a a, a small fine and oh. It's not a small fine, a reasonable fine, yeah, and and the captaincy at the time, mm. which which hurt because I, you know, being leader of a club was was something I was very passionate about and something that meant meant a lot to me. But um, and you've grown into it amazingly on and off the field. Yeah, but I tried not to let it affect my football. Mm. I didn't. I didn't let it affect my football. Even um, you know, straight after it, I spoke to Nate, uh, Ryan James, who, who took over as the captain, mm. and he looked at me and said. I can't captain with you on the team. I can't captain you. He's my, yeah. like he's one of my my best mates to this day. Yep. Uh, we're in business together now. Um, and you know, he said, "I can't captain you." I said, "Mate, don't worry. You speak to the ref. You do all that, and I'll I'll, I'll speak to our boys, and yep. and I can captain I can captain our team unofficially." And he said, "Okay." And um, you know, the rest the rest was history, and. Uh, he, I think he really grew into a great leader himself. Yeah. Um, he, he did great things after I left the club, and uh, it's a shame his body body gave way on him. But he's um, hopefully he can get back on the paddock up at the Broncos this year. Absolutely. Time at the Sharks and the Titans. If the two sides play in the grand final this year, who do you cheer? I'm a Titan, mate. I'm a yep. Titan. I, I love the Titans. It was it was great seeing the Sharks win uh, back in fifteen. Was it? Um, 15, I think it was 15, they won. Great scene and won. I was very happy they won. I was jealous not to be there with with, with Gal because, you know, coming through, that was all everyone spoke about. Sharks never won a comp. Yeah. Everyone spoke about the early 60s, about being so close and uh, early 70s, sorry, uh, being so close um, and, and not being able to get it done. Um, so every year was, this is our year. And, you know, you know, when uh, Sharks, when Gal got the win and told him to turn the porch light off and yep. um you know that 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 struck me and I, I was very happy for those guys very happy for every fan yeah because I, you know i was a part of it but um you know i was a little bit jealous i wasn't there but yeah, a little bit of hurt yeah there. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say hurt just think. just a bit jealous mate it's not that's 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 me i'm, I'm emotional i'm an emotional guy as, yeah. as you've seen it's pretty i'm emotive on the field the way i played and i'm an emotional guy i'm not gonna hide about the fact I was stoked for them. I wouldn't have had it anyway. I was cheering them. I'd hope mm. they win. I just wished I was a part of it. But um, I'm a I'm a Titan. Um, I've loved, you know, seeing how the Titans have, you know, started and um, their player personnel has, over the years has changed. The coaching personnel has changed. Yep. I think they're in a in a good position now. Um, 
coaching wise, um, structurally as a club, and uh, we did, they've just got to you know start turning the talent that they've got into um, into performances. Yeah. And that's I don't think it's far away. Um, I think they're a bit off at the moment, but um, they've got the personnel there that I think can change it around. So much of your reputation was built at the State of Origin, 18 games in blue. What are your standout memories, mate? Um, I think my second game would be uh, one of my first standouts. My second game I started uh, at 5'8". That was mm. my first game starting. I got MOM up, up at Suncorp. Um, and you can talk about hostile crowds. that They don't get much yeah. more hostile than up there. Um, but that was... I think getting that that win early on and getting that experience and getting the feelings of sticking it up the Queenslanders a yeah. little bit um, in front of a loud, um, you know, screaming two headed inbred <laughs> inbred crowd. Um, I uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And um, you know, playing up there uh, later on in my career when there were big games on on the money, it, it sort of didn't um, bother me as much. It wasn't. I wasn't as um, nervous, I guess, yep. that other players, I guess, can get. I was always nervous before every game, yep. whether it be club football, test. Mate, I'm playing at Southport right now, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous before games, but that's because I want to be the best. I want to want to win. I want yep. to. I want to, don't want to let anyone down. That's 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 what that's all about. But <clears throat> um, yeah, that that's a standout early on. Um, you know, just walking around after the game, and remember they don't announce it straight away. And just walking the field, we just won, and a few of the players, Gal was right next to me, and sort of said, "You're going to get me in the match." And I was like, "Nah, I didn't even think about it. I wasn't, did not even think about it." Wow. And then I saw um, Maddie Maddie Johns walking over um, as part of the uh, the Channel Nine team, and yep. um, I was just took back. I was I was shocked. I didn't expect it, and. I was very grateful, but the next one is 2014, mate. Woods about five metres out from the line. Farrah, dummies, double pumps. Hodkinson, Hodkinson is over. Hodkinson comes around. He puts the ball down. The Canterbury halfback, Trent Hodkinson. He scores, and he will take the conversion to put the Blues in front by two. It's the, yep. the best feeling I've had in rugby league. Um, Is it undoubtedly? Yeah. Um, you know, we won won the World Cup in thirteen the year before, yep. um, and that was pretty impressive. But just having having something burning inside you for so long, something you're so passionate about, and never had the ability to get there. You know, if I, if I won a grand final, I could probably say that might have been it because that had been burning for longer. But playing for New South Wales. Uh, through so many tough times against such a great team and finally getting the wood on them for one year. Um, mm. That was a pretty, pretty, pretty emotional time for me. Uh, there were times sitting in the sheds after series, uh, serious losses that in tears, <laughs> like mm. in tears. So in the back room, there's a media room at the back of um, Stadium Australia, ANZ, yep. um, just around to the left at the back. And walking in there, I'm just sitting on my own and, after I think it was thirteen when we lost, we lost game. Oh, I can't really think. I know we we lost the game at home, obviously. Yep. And I thought we're never going to be able to win up there. Lost game. We're never going to be able to win up there with this this 
I'm never going to win a series. And I would, no, that was the decider because I knew next year we had two games in Queensland. I'm never going to win a series. Yeah. I might even get dropped um, with the way the team's looking. Um, you know, this is my end of my, you know, uh, Blues career and I've never done one. Aussies stand together, hit twice but still strong. The north coast of Australia was smashed twice by Mother Nature in conjunction with Hunter Valley Promos and Rotary Club Curry Curry. We're raising funds for the people of Lismore to make a difference. The unfiltered crew will be in the Hunter region Monday the 27th of June and selling T-shirts and having a coldie with you as well. At 9.30am, we'll be with the legends at Aussie Meats, Sandgate Road at Shortland before hitting the road to the Horse and Jockey Hotel in Singleton for midday. After drooling over Aussie Meat's two bones, might actually rip into one here for lunch for an hour. Reckon we'll be thirsty by about 3pm. Good timing for our appearance at the Chelmsford Hotel in Curry Curry for a beer and a bet. Then it's off to the Black Butt Hotel in New Lambton for another coldie with the legends there and some dinner. We're selling T-shirts to raise money for the Lismore flood victims. Come along, say g'day, and you could make a massive difference. Aussies stand together, hit twice, but still strong. So, you know, coming from those positions to being on the field, watching Hainsey run back, uh, or before that, watching Hocker, big show and go, and... um, running it under the sticks and then Hainsey catching the ball and running back, burning, burning the clock and then running dead and then pretty much it's all running back there. Yep. It's, uh, it was, uh, it was a, the, 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 best, the best thing I've been involved in rugby league. As we sit here, we can look back now. We, as in New South Wales, swapped coaches, captains, positions, theories, game plans. Queensland kept winning. Were they that good or... Did we, as in New South Wales, just keep getting it wrong? Mate, I don't. I wouldn't say we're getting it wrong because we're getting beat. Um, so we have to try things. We have to change up. Mm. You know, everyone says, "Oh, this like Queenslanders all the time, the whinge and whine about, oh, New South Wales aren't loyal and all this, yeah. all this bullshit. Uh, New South Wales aren't passionate. Like they don't care about it like we care about it." It's, Bullshit. Yeah. Like I've ever heard anything, because there's no one more passionate than than I was, yep. and I and I know that all the, everyone in my team mm-hmm. felt exactly the way I did. Um, so, but if you're not winning, you got to you got to tr- change things around. You can't just keep. You're an idiot if you just think you're going to roll out there with the same team and you're going to get a different result. Yep. So we had to change players. So you know, sometimes we got it right. Sometimes it was some, sometimes we got it wrong. Obviously. Sometimes we got it right, but um, on the other side, they were that good. Yeah. They were unbelievable. But we were getting beaten by one point. We are getting beaten by field goals. We are getting beaten by penalties. We weren't, mm. we weren't getting dusted up. Um, they just had a knack of winning. They had players that knew how to control matches and knew how to speed it up and slow it down like I've spoken to you about before. And um, we just couldn't get it done. But... We got it done once, and uh, that's something that I'll, I'll never forget. Two stints in France. The second time, you were older, you had the family, you'd calmed down mostly. I know now the kids speak fluentish French, which in itself is gorgeous, but what an amazing part 
of a young life journey all due to rugby league? I know. I'm very, very lucky. Um, you know, I was coming to the end of my narrow career. Um, and, um, you know, got an offer to go to Newcastle for a year with an option. And then um, I was weighing up that. And then in the left field, um, my manager spoke to um, Bernard Gosch, the the president over there, and they offered me a five-year contract. And it was something that I couldn't knock back, really. Um, with three years playing, two years coaching, so it'll give me that transition into what I wanted to do after rugby league. Uh, and living in the south of France, I'd had the experience being there in 09 when I uh, in between clubs when I was in between Cronulla and Titans mm. I spent a year there and I told Bernard uh, after I'd finished playing rep football I'll come back because I loved it there that much um, I love the club I love the passion that they have for rugby league um, they're they're not you know they don't they love it they live it and breathe it just like we do um, in that little region there in, in the south of France and um, their passion and his passion in particular was the reason why the decision was so easy for me. A few seasons retired now, living on the Gold Coast, still playing with Southport when the body permits. Do you want to stay involved in the game or are you you're footied out? No, I want to stay involved. Um, I had plans to to come back and find a job, you know, uh, whether it be NRL, Q-Cup, mm. um, development. I mean, I'm, I'm really not phased. I'm, I'm not not chasing a not chasing a, uh, a dollar to, to sort of survive, to, to get my coaching career started. I really just need an opp- want an opportunity and um, I thought I'd be able to get that in September when I planned to come back. Mm. But through COVID, um, all flights were getting cancelled, returning from Europe to Australia. Um, so September passed and couldn't get home. Uh, you know, October nearly passed mm. and still couldn't get home and by chance we got on uh, – uh, a repatriation flight the Australian government had organised through Qantas um, they were flying out once a once a month from Europe um, they were wow. packing flights full and flying into Darwin direct um, from Europe so we got on there they said you've got three days to get ready to pack your house um, pack your bags and get to Germany get to Frankfurt and we got it done in quite a quite a uh, Horrible rush. I'm sure I left a lot of things there, but um, yeah, um, got to Frankfurt and then spent two weeks in um, Darwin in the um, in the camps there that they'd they'd set up, doing our isolation with the family. Was tough with the two girls running rampant, trying yeah. to tell them that they're not allowed to leave the balcony, that they've got to stay. And wow. there was other kids outside, and they were like, "No, I want to go play." <laughs> it was just like it didn't bother me. Yeah. I wasn't breaking the rules. I told them what to do. Their kids will be kids. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a, an experience in itself. But um, by the time I got out of that, every um, every coaching job in Australia was filled. It was preseason was underway, and yep. um, it was. Something that I had to you know, get my head around. It was going to be a, it was going to be a, a year off and, mm. and see what I can do and try to keep busy, which which didn't bother me at the time because I'd never had any time off since I left high school. You know, when finished high school uh, in November, started preseason in November. Yep. Fed the Sharks and, and that's been my life wow. all the way through uh, to now, or till 
six months ago. So um, it has been refreshing in that sense, but um, I'm looking to get back into it. I'm hopefully, hopefully find something at, at any level and um, try to share a bit of knowledge and give a little bit back. I'm doing playing at Southport as, at present, as you mentioned. I uh, got a chance phone call from the coach and said, you would like to come up and play if you're not doing anything else. Um, so I thought, why not? Um, Israel Folau played there last year. There's a lot of good players in that team, which is um, which is good fun. It's not just me that knows, you know, has been in a professional environment, so yep. we can sort of bounce stuff off each other and and help these young guys come through. And um, you know, it's good fun. Are you a target? The yeah, that there's a few blokes that have come out and tried to get me, but you know, it is it's it's a lot slower. Not in the sense that. Um, the, the, the game's slower. I just see it a lot easier than yeah. coming back down in levels. And um, it's good fun, mate. I've never – I won't say I've never had as much fun because I, I have in rugby league. I've loved, yep. you know, I've loved playing at the NRL level, but it's just brought a lot of the enjoyment back to playing rugby league. Um, you know, playing training on a Tuesday night mm. and um, you know, having a beer and having a chat in the sheds and, and all that stuff that um, – professionalism takes over and, and leaves out has, um, has come back at um, at A grade level and uh, and I'm really enjoying it. 318 first class games all told including every level of rep footy. A few games watching from the sidelines here and there because the judiciary picked on you. You gained a reputation as the guy others wanted by their side and from your peers there is no greater endorsement. Greg Bird, you sir are a legend. Thank you very much, mate. I wouldn't say that, but I appreciate it. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.